Hello Anchor! So today, like I promised, I'm bringing you some of the details, like highlights I guess, from what I read today while I was on my chill day. Uh, I don't really chill anymore, I just can't... If, if I spend a whole day doing nothing, I kind of think that I should be doing something and I can't really concentrate on being like super um, clean in terms of not thinking about work and not thinking about productive stuff which I know it's a problem, it is I have to work on that but still it's kinda helping me out I guess here on Anchor because I really want to get you guys content every every day so, so let's start off with this kind of conference style video that I saw on YouTube. So you guys know IBM. IBM is a, se a series on their YouTube channel called uh, Think Leaders. I have seen these videos uh, more than this time, more than one time, and they're usually really really good. Um, I like the guy who interviews, although I didn't really like the, the way he held the interview in this video in particular that I saw today but usually it, it, it leads to good interviews and this one for today ah, these, these, these videos are usually like 30 minutes long in case you're wondering so there's questions and then at the end uh, what I mean is there's questions between the interviewer and the person that's being interviewed and then usually at the end there's a Q&A from the audience, a small audience that I'm, might be people who work at IBM, I don't even know. But yeah, today's video they were interviewing uh, a guy who worked for Google at one of their product teams. So now I'm going to go through some, some of the stuff that they said uh, that I thought it was interesting. So in one part he was kind of explaining um, how if you check uh, Google's ads from like 2010, it's very, they're very very different from the ads that you see by Google today. Because before they were very much focused on the features about saying oh we have this this much space in our um, cloud services there's this shiny button here and it can do this and it can do that which still a lot of brands do this you can you can definitely see this they're trying to sell the product features instead of trying to sell how you fit into that story into how you will kind of relate to the product and why you need it um, because we don't let's be honest we we a lot of times and especially like these kind of technology products we buy things because we kind of believe in the superpower of this product in particular and we really like it in a way that can't really be described in terms of features you know especially if you look at for example Apple products the way people love Apple has nothing to do with the product features yeah 
So he was kind of explaining how they kind of drifted away from that idea of features and started doing more of a um, story kind of um, ads. And you can definitely, if you go to their YouTube channel of Google, you can definitely see that change. And he even talked about uh, one of the ads called Dear Sophie which I haven't seen by plan on but I did see other ones for example you, you got, if you guys have seen the movie Lion uh, about the guy who gets lost from his parents and then he goes to another country and is adopted by another family and then years later finds his original family uh, through Google Maps that's based on a real story and Google did one ad with that. So that's quite smart. Another interesting story that he tells us is kind of based on, you know, Asian stereotypes, which are always, you know, a little bit based on reality. I guess that's where, um, where stereotypes come from. But still, my point is, in uh, this guy, he when he was like, I guess, um, maybe in fifth grade, uh, his mom was already trying to get him ready to get into like colleges like Harvard. So his mom would make him questions like, so what do you see uh, outside this window? And he would say, oh, there's trees, cars, people. And his mom would be upset because she wanted him to go further uh, beyond that answer. And, you know, tell us about the future and, you know, how you see society and innovation, blah, blah, blah. Which is kind of funny. Who, What kid would uh, think about that and see that at that age, I guess, when you were like 10? And uh, I think it's funny the way uh, parents try to prepare us. And another story that he was telling us was that um, he, his mom, I think, I'm not sure, uh, his mom kind of told him that Asian applicants were known to be introverted. And for that reason, they kind of didn't succeed as well in college uh, applications so his mom or him I'm not sure suggested that he should uh, run for class president and at the end he won but the thing is with this story is that his mom uh, gave him his mom gave him a, what's it called like a book uh, a book related to how to write a uh, uh, high school election speech and he he read that book you know and his mom also helped him you know make access accessories for students um, so that kind of helped him in a way to to be able to win but the thing is, uh, and what I wanted to say from this story, is kind of maybe how we don't give our parents enough credit for trying to help us become the people that we kind of end up becoming into shaping us 
for to who we are not just in like this in this case it was like a, giving real help but I just mean in the kind of values that they teach you and the kind of behavior that they show towards you and how that shapes you uh, I, I'd like to think that um, I worked really hard and I've always had this passion and I wanted to do this and that and that had nothing to do with my parents because my parents didn't ever do anything like what I'm doing but still if I look back uh, I think uh, the way I am today kind of I have to own it up to uh, my parents yeah and I think tomorrow maybe I will kind of explore that in a, in a, a little bit uh, more depth and maybe bring you guys some real examples and if you want to you can call in or text with your stories uh, about that about how your parents kind of shaped you into who you are or how they didn't I don't know whatever uh, but yeah, call in and I'll feature you. Another interesting story had to do with how he created a startup. So before he was in Google, he created a startup. Uh, it was it was a social media agency for nonprofits. But how did this start? So he was at a conference and he met a guy, I'm not sure if he had met him before, if they already knew each other or if they actually met at the conference for the first time, not sure about that. Um, but this guy had, he was from Cameroon, Cameroons, I'm not sure what's the name for the country uh, in English, but he said it in English, but I can only remember it in Portuguese. So yeah, this country and he, this guy who he met had a farm, but he, his country, he knew people had problems with hunger and there was a lot of people who didn't have anything to eat, but it wasn't a problem with supply, it was a problem with demand, with demand, <laughs> it was a problem with distribution because even though there was supply it wasn't getting to the right people yeah so he kind of this guy who had this farm asked the Google guy who wasn't from Google yet um, hey you know you know about social media and stuff you had done this and that can you just help me out with social media you know and the other guy who had just done social media like once uh, in his whole career and he at the time that he accepted that first chance he didn't even know about social media at this time he said uh, well I don't really know that much about social media but I guess I can give it a try and he went for it and that's how he created you know his first social media his first startup and a social media agency just focused on nonprofits, and then he ended up doing other projects for other nonprofits. But yeah, it just shows how you just have to go for it, even if you 
are not sure about anything if you if you don't have all the expertise just don't wait around go for it and learn by doing that's what I tried to do here on anchor and I guess it's turning out pretty great I also read a very interesting article on voice, you know, Echo, Google Home, Cortana, Anna, yeah, it, Anna is probably coming out very, very soon. Uh, keep, keep your eyes on my Twitter <laughs> to see more info on when is Anna coming. Uh, th that sounded so bad, <laughs> so dirty, <laughs> but I leave that here for you guys. Um, so yeah, it has th this part has to do with voice. And here's a, like a really crazy statistic. 55% of teenagers use voice search every day. 55%. I think that's crazy because I don't use it. Not even like 5%, I guess. But yay, I'm not a teenager anymore. So yeah, that surprised me a lot. And there is really an audio revolution out there. So this article that I was reading, uh, they said some reasons why basically audio is doing so well. And one of them is speech is faster than typing. And that's true. And I guess sometimes it has to, it kind of relates to video as well. If you want to show a friend where you are, you're not going to type it in, you will either take a photo or film it. That's that's what I do, I don't know what you guys do. Um, so imagine if maybe you're driving, you will rather um, talk to Google Home, for example, and ask them for the, the directions. It's faster and it's also way safer than trying to type something. And another thing is voice search is easier, which kind of relates to the previous example. But another example I could give is, for example, <laughs> for example, sample, 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 sample. Um, if you're cooking and your hands are greasy, you you instead of having to type in your in your phone to see the recipe again, you could just ask um, Alexa again for the details, you know? And this whole thing with voice will change search, definitely. Or is already changing search. Because the way you interact with voice is a lot more conversational. If you want to, if you're searching in, uh, let's just say Google, because Google practically owns search. Um, you would just type keywords, you don't really type a phrase. A like a dialogue style of phrase, sentence, whatever. But here with voice you do. And the what, what this article says is that this done right, voice and machine learning will be able to understand how close you are to buying something. So the way they, the, the voice will interact with you is based would be based on that so let's I'm gonna give you guys an example which is the example that they wrote which is if 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 you say how many calories are in a sneakers bar 
is totally different from saying where can I buy a sneakers bar. This last one, where can I buy a sneakers bar, means you already thought about buying a sneakers bar. So the way the, the, the voice will interact with you is assuming that you already want this thing. But then if you're talking how many calories are there in a sneakers bar, it means you're not that far away. You, you're, you are far, far away from like the whole customer journey up until, into buying. So I thought that was interesting. And then I'm running out of time, but another interesting story that had to do with this that was in the article was something called the Wayne uh, investigation. This was basically like a story, uh, interactional interaction fiction that Marvel created where you could try to find Bruce Wayne's parents and you basically have your own choices and you listen to the audio and you play with it and you interact with it and you try to find where the parents are so I thought that was a nice little game okay guys that was it for today uh, tomorrow like I said I will be back with maybe a f f ah, with a, uh, a more developed uh, idea and examples on how my parents uh, shaped me. I hope I can get some of your call-ins uh, published on the station as well. And ah, if you want to find any of this stuff that I just shared, you just go to my Twitter at Anna R L Gera, and you will be able to find it there. Uh, I will leave you guys today with a kind of a funny uh, sound. It, it's it's originally a video from YouTube, so you can also go to my Twitter and find that video if you really want to watch it. But I think this is funny, ju just as funny listening to it. So it's a video with Ariana Grande always saying uh, "m" and the guy. Well, you can see the, you can see this I think in in the sound, but the guy is eating a, a, a hot pepper every time Ariana Grande says "um" in uh, in her speech, and yeah, I just thought that was super funny because it's basically me on anchor because I'm always "um um um," so yeah, that's it. I will leave you guys with Ariana Grande also known as Anna. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Um, shaking. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much to my fans who voted so, so, so much. Um, I love you, with or without this. I love you from the bottom of my heart. You guys, I think of you with everything I do. Um, you guys are everything to me. Um, thank you. I can't believe this. I'm shaking. I'm nervous. This is horrible. Um, <laughs> I want to thank my family who did everything they could to be here with me today. I love you guys so much. Thank you um, um, to Monty and Avery and Scooter and Charlie and everyone who takes care of me. I love you guys, our family. Thank you so much. Um, and I want to thank Tommy Brown and Max Martin, Victoria Saab, and everybody who made this Dangerous Woman album with me so special. I love you guys. Thank you so much. And um, oh my God, I'm trying to. Holy. Shit.